0: Today, on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: If we suffer for Him and with Him, we will rise. That's what Peter is saying. Jesus set an example of how we are to walk how we are to live, and we are to follow that example. Fully, what does that mean? How do you translate that? Accept unjust suffering.
0: Reaching up high With arms open wide we see You're changing our lives Jesus was falsely accused, endured beatings, mocking, and was eventually crucified. All of these sufferings were unjust because Christ was an innocent man. However, through Jesus' suffering, the Lord was glorified and man's redemption was made possible. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us that sometimes God's people will be treated unfairly. However, whenever we respond to unjust treatment in a Christ-like manner, the Lord will be glorified and the unsaved will be drawn to God. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith When a person holds a political office, watch your tongue. Watch how you speak. God put them there. If He didn't allow that, they wouldn't be there. And if you have a grievance, careful how you say it. Say it with wisdom and, but say it with grace and say it recognizing that God will one day hold us account for how we have spoken. Well, you said, Pastor, listen. Peter, he doesn't know what's going on today. He doesn't know what We're experiencing all of these things happening, this and that, and the corruption and the dishonesty and the lie, and on and on. Well, I don't know about that. Peter lived at the time where Pilate succumbed to the pressure of the Jews to give Jesus over to crucifixion, the most just and righteous of men. He lived in a time where Felix kept Paul in prison looking for someone to grease his hand with a bribe. I mean, he lived in a time where Nero was the emperor. And Nero would soon cast Christians into the Colosseum to be torn apart by wild beasts. And they would be tarred and lit aflame as a human torch. And Nero would be the one who... Peter was crucified under. But yet Peter says, honor them. And yet, we're so inclined to bend towards the culture and not to yield to God. To walk in the world and not in the kingdom. We're inclined to given to the pressures of the world to be like the world. Earlier, Peter is talking about living a holy life, being a citizen of heaven. That's what holiness is. This is living a holy life, guarding how we speak in this culture of disrespect, being a different type of people, showing people respect. When someone turns on you and they're at work with you or they're in your home or they're in some other situation. You just simply show Christ to them. So we're to submit to the government over us. Then he goes on to say something more. We are to submit to people in authority over us. Now, in verse 19 it says... For it is commendable if a man bears up under pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. Notice, why do we do what we do? Because we're servants of God. Why do we do what we do? Because we're trying to do the will of God. We're trying to please God. At the bottom line, we're living our lives unto God. We're not letting the culture dictate how we live and how we walk. We're not following their drum beat. We're not dancing to their music. We're a different sort of people. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we behave differently. Amen? Amen? Now, some of these things that Peter talks about are a little hard to understand. We can't go in all depth to it, but I want you to see the application to his audience, to the historical audience. When Peter says, in verse 18, "...slave, submit yourself to your masters with all respect." Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Preachers used these passages prior to the Civil War, during the Civil War, to justify slavery in America. And that's not what Peter was doing. Peter was talking about a culture that was far different than our culture. Slavery was very prevalent during the Roman Empire. There were about 60 million people who were slaves. But a couple of the big differences were this. Slavery in the Roman Empire wasn't directed against one race. And it wasn't a permanent institution. A person, when they reached 30, often they were freed. A person could buy their freedom, or a person, because of indebtedness, could make themselves a slave. Uh, some slaves were doctors and lawyers and accountants. And uh, they lived very, very well. But Peter was recognizing under the Roman form of government that this was a reality. And he was saying, deal with the reality is there. But he was in no way condoning it. The Bible speaks actually against slavery. In First Timothy... Paul the Apostle writes in verses 9 to 10, We also know that law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels. The ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. The Bible's not saying that's the lifestyle. I think if anybody modeled a biblical stance, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Our government allows peaceful protest. And they were abused in those civil rights marches. Martin Luther was, and of course, assassinated. But the way he handled himself with non-retaliation, with a dream. And we remember that sermon. I have a dream. And and those things came to pass. Thank God. And we're still on that road. We're still on that road. And I'm thankful for His witness. And as Christians, there's a way of doing things that the Bible talks about that we ought to follow. We can't Go the way of the world. We have to go the way of Christ. What's the application of this to contemporary audiences? Well, I'm going to read again from Colossians. And this is Paul the Apostle. And I'll read it again later on with the message translation. But in Colossians 3.22 it says, Slave obey your earthly masters and everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Now, sometimes you feel like you're a slave at work. More and more people are experiencing, their companies are demanding more and more from them. Isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, it just takes more of you. And you feel like you, you, you're working just to make ends meet. You just There are times that your employers are taking advantage of you. There are times that you're mistreated by someone above you. Someone, you should be next in line for a raise. You should be next in line for a promotion. And they just look over you because of some favoritism. And you miss out. Well, how do you respond in that? You keep on doing the right thing. You keep on walking a godly life. You keep on living as a Christian. Now, how in the world, if we're not doing right by those who work with us and work among us, when they're in a point of need in their life, and they come to you and they say, pray for me. If bitterness and hatred is in your heart, you know what you're going to pray? God, I thank you. (laughs) They're going through a hard time. (laughs) Turn up the fire, God. But if your heart is right, you can ask God to bless them. You're going to ask God to prosper them. You're going to ask God to help them. And and you're going to be a witness in that situation to help them see Jesus Christ. So that's the idea. We apply it in those ways. One of the things that we can often do and don't even think about it. God has put these institutions as faulty and as weak as they are in place. Because People with feet of clay occupy them. And so, we're not going to gossip. We're not going to, you know, just rebel. We're going to have this attitude. God, I put it before you. An orchestra has to follow the orchestra leader, the conductor. One soldier, if he wants to do his own thing, he puts the whole platoon in jeopardy. We have to be able... To say, Lord, you are the one in charge. You are a sovereign God, and I submit to you. So when you go to work on Monday, when you experience something that's just not right, you show a Christ-like character, and you put it in God's hand. We need to have a theology of suffering. We need to have a theology of deliverance. And we need to let the Lord lead us step by step as we live this Christian life. But here Peter is talking to the church. And he said, let there be a submissive spirit that marks you. As a Christian, you don't live like God your co-workers. You don't live like your neighbors. You don't react and act like those around you. That's what the call of holiness involves. I like the way Eugene Peterson says it in Colossians 3.22. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Why do we submit to the government? Why do we submit to earthly leaders? And and why do we go the second mile, the third mile? Well, we are to submit to the example of Jesus Christ. The example that he set for us. He set an example of how you and I are to live this life. We're not to just say, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to go from my gut. If you go from your gut, you're going to end in the gutter. Yeah, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. We have to go from the word and from the spirit and from what God is saying. In 1 Peter 2.21 it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, you don't have to suffer. What does it say? Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps all that jesus suffered the contradiction of sinners the abuse the terrible suffering that he experienced and we're to say okay lord i want to know you in the power of your resurrection like paul prayed but don't stop there I want to know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your sufferings. If we suffer with Him, we will reign with Him. If we suffer for Him and with Him, we will rise. That's what Peter is saying. Jesus set an example of how we are to walk, how we are to live, and we are to follow that example. Folly, what does that mean? How do you translate that except unjust suffering? I know that's hard to bite. That's hard to chew on. None of us, none of us like that meal. But this is a scripture. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Because he is conscious of what? God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. When your children grow up, as they're growing up, as they're older, don't say, to them when they say, "Daddy, that's not fair." The children ever say, "That might did." Many of your children have said, "Daddy, that isn't fair." Stop, pause, and let them know that life isn't fair. We live in a fallen world. the result of sin is all over. We live in a world where the prince and power of darkness rules and reigns, and life is not fair. If they don't understand that, they will get disappointed. They will get discouraged. They will wonder what's happening and think perhaps the favor of God isn't on them because they're suffering. Remember this. Underline this. Write this down. God is writing your story in the midst of your suffering. When you respond in good and you accept it and you lay it before the cross and you say, here it is, God. He's writing your story. You can't live a Joseph story from the prison to the throne unless you have handled unjust suffering well. Don't hijack the stories of triumph and faith out of the scriptures if you haven't walked the path of faith and obedience to God. It doesn't work. But when you take your suffering, as Peter is saying, as you take the unfair things that happen in life that come our way, and you lay it at the feet, it's amazing. It's amazing how God will Give you a story that will become a testimony. That will be a witness. That will bring people into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Peter says this in 1 Peter 2.23. When they hurled their insults at him, Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. All of us know in part, understand in part, there's only one person who knows everything fully, completely. And he's God. And so you give those circumstances, those situations, just like Peter is saying, when you suffer, it's right in the text, you accept that unjust suffering, and you say, Lord, I want you to use this for your glory, And for my good. But then there's another step in this text. Redeeming the unjust suffering. It says in verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. Think what Peter is saying here. Jesus took the most horrible form of death. Death on the cross, an enigma. And he transformed it into a testimony. See, they thought they had destroyed Jesus' public image. And no one would follow him. Because he was identified with thieves on the cross. There on the cross, he died with the emblem of shame and reproach. But because he gave his suffering to God, God turned it all around. And the cross became a symbol of hope and salvation and deliverance. There's crosses on the steeples of churches and in the sanctuary of churches and we wear crosses around our neck. It's a symbol of hope and deliverance. And so as believers... God wants you to redeem your suffering. And so, as you silently bear, as you yield to God, as you bow before Him, what He does as He's writing the story, and more and more and more, you will look like His Son. You will look like Jesus. You will walk like Jesus. You will sound like Jesus. Paul prayed. His prayer, his heart's desire was, for me to live is Christ to die as a gain. Part of that dying is dying to self. Part of that dying is dying to our own agendas. Part of that dying is dying to the world so that we might live to God. And so, Paul the Apostle said, Oh, For me to live as Christ. That I might know him. In the power of his resurrection. And in the fellowship of his sufferings. You have a chance. You have an opportunity. Don't let the culture blind you. Perhaps you're in a circumstance. Where you've gone through a terrible divorce. And your ex. Has treated you unfairly. And you've got the short end of the stick. Lay it. At his feet. Put it in his nail scarred hand. Perhaps. You've walked in a place. Where you've been deeply broken. You've been treated unjustly. Unfairly. Don't let it get in here. Give it. To him. And he'll teach you how to walk. In it. In the scripture, 1 Peter 2.12 reads, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. Again, that text is so powerful because I believe what Peter is saying is this. When God shows up and you, like John the Baptist, have prepared the way by a, a godly life, By responding to trials and testings in the right way. Those people are going to see God in it. Their eyes are going to be opened. And their hearts are going to turn towards God. See, that's the hope that you and I have. Peter went to Cornelius' house. And God had to do a work in Cornelius' life. Because he had a lot of baggage with him. A lot of prejudice that he had carried with him from his upbringing. In a Jewish home. In a good home. But yet, the culture had impacted him like the culture impacts you and me. But God began to change his heart. And when God refined him and changed him, he went into Cornelius' house and he said, Now God has showed me that he doesn't have favorites. And the door of ministry to the Gentiles was opened, and the church that became a catalyst to reach the Gentiles. See, God did a miracle as his prejudices would change, and there was a transformation.
0: Building in faith. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith, as Dr. Edward Jones teaches through the book of 1 Peter. We hope that this message series will open your eyes to the truth of how Jesus can impact your everyday life through the highs and lows, The triumphs and the trials. If you have yet to discover just how wonderful this life with Jesus can be, we'd love to tell you more. A relationship with Jesus is the greatest relationship you will ever have. Please feel free to get in contact with us by calling 845 462 5955. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith Radio Ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the other staff members of Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we'd be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent fellowshipping with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all He has done for us. Location information can be found at our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. We hope today's message has blessed you, and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Everybody wins when a leader gets better absolutely everyone the stakes of leadership are sky high everyone has influence come to the global leadership summit on august 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community the summit features leaders like bill hybels cheryl sandberg andy stanley and more experience the summit at faith assembly casperkill campus poughkeepsie august 10 and 11 register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit